When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC Football Podcast National Championship Preview Edition. My name is Joey Weaver. He is Mike McDaniel. Mike, we do have a national championship game to preview. It is a rematch of last year, but we got a couple things to get to first. And the first thing we got to get to is how are you doing, sir? Doing great. National championship already. Can you believe it? We started this podcast back in late July, right? It was like mid-July, yeah. Mid-July, yeah. And it's now January of 17. We've been at this now going on seven months, and we're already at the national championship. Hard to believe. Final game of the year. Sucks. No college football for a while. But we'll manage, right? We'll figure it out. Started from the bottom. Now we're here, Mike. That's right. You take that to mean whatever you want it to mean. That's Um, right. Uh, yeah, it's been a fun season. Uh, it is. It is like you said. I mean, it's hard to believe that it's already over. It, it's gone fast, um, and it's been a fun one with, and with plenty of memorable moments. So, uh, we got one last game. We got a preview. But before we do that, it's this time of year that we start to get a lot of uh, NFL draft announcements. Mike, we got a lot of juniors that are eligible to go to the NFL draft that make announcements that they are going to do so. We've got several that we got to do here, uh, and and we're going to kind of talk about these here for a few minutes before we get into the game. So the, the, the players that are juniors that are leaving, I guess, without totally finishing out their uh, their eligibility that are going to be headed to the draft this year, from Virginia Tech, you've got Gerard Evans, Bucky Hodges, Isaiah Ford. From Miami, you've got Brad Kaya, David Njoku, and Joe Yearby. From Florida State, Dalvin Cook. From Clemson, the law firm of Deshaun Watson, Wayne Gallman, Mike Williams, and Artavis Scott. From Notre Dame, Deshaun Kaiser. From Pittsburgh, James Conner. And from UNC, defensive tackle, Nazaire Jones. Now, I, I just kind of have a feeling that you might have some takes on this. Uh, is there anybody... What made you say that? Is there anybody here who's making a bit of a suspect decision in your eyes? And why is it Gerard Evans? <laughs> I like how you teed that one up for me. Um, <laughs> why is it Gerard Evans? Uh... I don't know. Could it be because he had one year of FBS football and offense that is almost entirely made up of the short passing game? He can't read through his progressions and has trouble throwing deep down the field. He also has a hitch in his throwing motion, and he's not on any of the draft boards as one of the top quarterback prospects in the 2017 class. It could be, yes. That could it be. Could be. <laughs> could be that. Um don't want to take anything away from Gerard Evans, right? 41 touchdowns, great year for Virginia Tech. I'm a Hokies grad, huge Hokies fan. For those of you who've never listened to this podcast before, um, Gerard Evans, look, if he's not the quarterback, Virginia Tech doesn't go 10-4, and four, doesn't go to the ACC championship, doesn't win the bowl game. I'm not going to take that from him. I'm just going to put this out there, though. If there's one 
position in the Justin Fuente offense that is a plug-and-play, it's the quarterback because they rely so heavily on the short passing game. This is why I think Gerard Evans is making a huge mistake. He is a fine quarterback. He runs hard, first of all. He's got the size. He's got the ability for sure. But there are some weaknesses to his game. Has trouble reading through his progressions. Looks down his primary receiver too long, which leads to some interceptions at times. Sometimes misses guys in the middle of the field wide open. Doesn't even look at him because he's so locked on that primary receiver. Has trouble with deep passes down the field, right? He kind of pushes the ball a little bit. That goes back to the kind of hitch in his throwing motion when he has to put a little bit more on it. Those are things that are correctable that I think would have been best suited for Evans to fix at the college level rather than the NFL level. Interesting article by David Teal, the Daily Press here in Virginia, real quick. He's a beat reporter for the Hokies. He said the one thing about Evans that, you know, we all should have seen coming is earlier in the year he said, you know, I I will run the ball. I know I'm going to be a big part of the running game in this offense, but, you know, I'd rather throw it. You know, if I wanted to run the ball all the time, you know, I I could have played running back when I was younger, um, but I love to play quarterback, love to throw the ball. He's not a top prospect in the NFL draft from a quarterback position. He didn't sound like he wanted to switch positions then, right, beginning of the year. Does he want to switch positions now? Because if so, maybe he has a career in the NFL as a tight end. He's a heck of an athlete. A guy can really, you know, get up and down the field. He's got the ability to make people miss, and, you know, when he runs the football, has the ball in his hands. I don't know. It just seems like if he's going to play quarterback at the next level, this is a huge mistake because it's not that – he could have gone in the later rounds and he you know could get drafted high next year it's the fact that I don't think he'll get drafted as a quarterback so I'm not really sure why he left early unless it's a position change or something else is going on one other quick theory he's got a bunch of brothers and sisters he does have a family member with special needs wants to get obviously some assistance for them um, through you know being paid as, as an NFL player I understand that but I think he could have been paid a bit more maybe next year if say he's a Heisman Trophy candidate or he's an he's an All-American or even All-ACC a guy that's on people's radars a bit more than this year Um, and I think he's making a huge mistake but we'll just have to see how it all shakes out I'm right there with you Mike I thought the Evans decision to come out was a very kind of a bit of a confusing one Uh, he has every physical tool in the book that you would look for from an NFL scout he is big I mean, he's tall, he's big, he's fast, he can throw the ball a mile, he's got a strong arm. Physically, he, he fits the bill for what you want for an NFL quarterback. Uh, outside of that, he is remarkably unpolished as a passer to be testing his fate at the NFL. Yep. Uh, I don't feel like he feels pressure particularly well. He, he doesn't throw the deep ball particularly well. He there, There's just several things that are just key pieces of being a quarterback that I, I worry that he might go undrafted. I told, um, I, I, t- I told you and I told a couple of my close friends about what do you think, like three or four days before it happened, I said, you're never going to believe me, but Gerard Evans is going to the NFL. And the reaction was the same. What? That doesn't make any sense. Slash, he's not ready. Yeah, I I have to agree. I, 
this is a bit of a, a head scratcher for me, and and hope it all works out for him. I mean, he seems like a good guy and deserves good things, but man, this this decision might come back to haunt him, and and you got to wonder kind of what prompted it. So that's an odd one. For me, the two that stuck out as really kind of some strange cases for going to the NFL are a couple of running backs, and one of them is Joseph Yerby from Miami. I, I think the guy's talented, and he could maybe do some stuff. I thought it was weird primarily because he wasn't really even in a starter role at Miami, and at that point I, I don't fully understand why you leave college early. You know, if, certainly try your hand at it after your senior year, but why leave your you know some eligibility on the table to go – to the NFL, I'm not sure. Um, he only had 102 carries for 608 yards and seven touchdowns this year. That's, I mean, it's fine, but it's not you know stuff that's going to get you really uh, particularly noticed. Only 10 catches as well. The other one that was just Mike, I don't get this one even a little bit. And it's your boy though. It is, it is my boy to fit into these types of conversations. Wayne Gallman, what are you doing? Wayne Gallman skips going to the NFL draft last year when there were, I don't know, a few kind of uh, interesting running backs coming out. Didn't he run for like 1,600 yards last year, too? Something like that? I, I don't remember the oh, exact he, number, but he had a great year last year. And, and the agreement was that his stock was never going to get any higher. This year it was, you know, feast or famine. It was okay. He, he was, you know, not quite as effective, not quite as good, just a shade over 1,000 yards in 14 games. And now, as a junior, instead of coming back for his senior year, Wayne Gallman's decides to throw his name in the hat with the likes of Dalvin Cook, Leonard Fournette, Christian McCaffrey, Samaj P. Ryan, Deontay Foreman, uh, James Conner, all these guys. Just, like, this is one of the best running back draft classes that we've seen this decade, and somehow Wayne Gallman feels like it's a good idea to throw his name in this hat. Like, I, what are you doing? I, I stand by this. We talked about this earlier before we came on recorded, Mike. If I told you as a Clemson fan that... This is a game that if you're going to win this game, Wayne Gallman's going to have to take it over. How do you feel about that? You know I like Wayne Gallman. But <laughs> you do like Wayne Gallman, this is true. But, but I said not as not as good as Cook or yeah. Fournette or James Conner or any running back that could conceivably be taken ahead of Wayne Gallman. Right. Yeah. Not great. And that, that's that's my thought, is that there is a, a plethora of guys that you would prefer to have in those situations. Now, like now, Wayne Gullman was fine, but not, you know, he, he wasn't really going to break the game open for you. Now, now, to be fair, last year he was that guy. Um, yes. He was. He could be. He's, I think he's capable. Um, mm-hmm. But is he your first choice? No, he's not. And I think NFL evaluators will feel the same, which is why you're sitting here wondering, why did he declare this year? Um, you have to wonder if there was just a little bit of unfinished business there uh, last year. Although um, he is a junior, was he a redshirt sophomore last year? Because if not, then he couldn't have declared. I believe he, he was. was. He was, yeah. So, yeah, I I'm with you. I don't know. Head scratcher for me. Waiting till 2018. I mean, there's a couple running backs at Georgia, Sonny Michelle and Nick Chubb, that are going to be in the mix next year in the NFL draft. How many healthy knees between them? Um, has one Mich- to has two. Michelle, has, has Sonny Michelle blown out a knee? He has, right? Maybe? I don't think so. No, Michelle not- hasn't really had any critical injuries. Um, 
it's it's uh, Nick Chubb that's had yeah, some pretty multiple. pretty big issues and yeah. I I thought it was a bad decision that he's coming back for his senior year next year as a running back with a history of knee injuries. Stop playing for free. Go get your money. Go get your money because one more injury might totally ruin the rest of your career and uh, you're good enough to make it. So I, that yeah. That could be. I, I was not a fan of that decision. Evans tore his ACL when he was a quarterback at Air Force, and I'm wondering if that might also be playing into it. I, I forgot to mention that a couple minutes ago. Maybe injuries play into this more than we think. I think if you're a running back especially, though, um, I, look, if, if you got an injury history, you've got to go. I think that's why James Conner is absolutely making the right decision. you got nothing left to prove, man. You're the best running back in the ACC, not named Alvin Cook. You know, you've had you've had cancer, um, you've you've had a knee injury. I, go get your money. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll tell you the thing that I, I thought about too that might make sense for Gerard Evans is we talk about how unpolished and un, unprepared he is as a quarterback right now for the NFL game. If he were to go to the NFL as like a safety or something, I think that's something he could definitely do. Yeah, six four two forty. You know, he could run. Fast, he, athletic. He could do that. Um, I, obviously, we've never seen him play defense or in coverage or anything like that at all, but just from a physical standpoint, that would match him very well and requires a lot less refinement than playing quarterback does. It's like a and, and, see guy, hit guy, you know? like Exactly, exactly. Well, and as a quarterback, too, you've got some some experience, you know, would help you uh, diagnosing plays mm-hmm. for the other offense, you know, mm-hmm. some stuff. So yep. there's... There's some applicability there, so it could happen. But, anyways, that's just uh, that's just some speculation. So, in any case, uh, yeah, Mike, we got a whole bunch of guys that are leaving for the NFL early. Um, in particular, there's a lot of quarterbacks. I think it's going to be really interesting to see how that impacts the league next year. Some of the better quarterbacks, Brad Kaya, Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Kaiser, guys like that. Without them, kind of what these teams do to replace them. And so, uh, be curious to see kind of how this impacts the ACC moving forward into 2017. But before we get to 2017, we got one more game we got to play, Mike. It is the uh, the last game, the national championship game, as the number two Clemson Tigers at 13 and one are taking on the number one Alabama Crimson Tide at 14 and 0 from uh, Tampa is where they're playing the national title game this year. This is a rematch of last year's title game, as you would almost in doubt, you know, undoubtedly remember if you're listening to this podcast. Um, as the, the rankings are flipped, last year it was number one Clemson against number two Alabama, but still, again, the same uh, sort of result here. Uh, that's the first rematch of a national championship game ever. I thought that was interesting to find out, yep. although it's worth mentioning that it's been just within our lifetimes that uh, they've started playing... A national spe- championship game. Right, a, a game that is specified as the national championship game. It used to be just... Play some bowl games, you know, maybe some highly ranked teams, and whoever comes out at number one is the national champion. Um, so obviously that's a little different now, but I like this way better. I yeah, I think this is an effective way of determining a national champion. Um, Imagine that a championship game. <laughs> yeah, go, go figure. Right. Uh, so yeah, so that's good. Uh, it's a first time rematch. There's also some weirdness surrounding this game in terms of storyline, as uh, it was a couple days after the the Peach Bowl where Alabama comes away with a big 24-7 win over Washington. And uh, they just decided that Lane Kiffin, their offensive coordinator, he's taking a head coaching job next year with Florida Atlantic. 
And uh, Nick Saban told him, that'll be enough. Thank you for your time. Get on out. Start that now. And yeah. Yeah, so that was uh, that was a weird one and a weird thing you don't expect to deal with. Our, plane, you go play for, our plane's uh, leaving. You're sitting on the tarmac. That's exactly right. Um, yeah, Lane Kiffin. Uh, things just never worked out with Lane Kiffin and, and Nick Saban, apparently. Not that that's really hard to picture, just because that seems like a match made in hell to begin with. But uh, instead, offensive analyst and consultant and drunk now, noted drunk also yeah, former noted drunk steve sarkeesian uh will be calling plays for alabama in the national title game hopefully uh, he's not hammered the, then too right yeah uh, yeah hopefully um, oh boy m- much hilarity ensued uh yeah steve sarkeesian <laughs> former washington and former U- usc head coach uh he will be calling plays for alabama there's a lot of discrepancy on who thinks who's a better play caller Usually, if you're an Alabama fan, you think Steve Steve Sarkeesian is a better play caller. If you're not, you probably think Lane Kiffin was a better play caller. Is what it kind of boils down to in right. my mind. So uh, that's something else to watch out for. But I want to start talking about this game, Mike, in terms of how it compares to last year. So we got this, you know, big high-scoring, crazy special teams flavored affair between these two teams that that was a remarkable, remarkable national championship game. With the way that these two teams are constructed versus how those teams were constructed, how do you see this game being similar or different? Uh, It's very similar. Um, uh, Well, let's start with, uh, on Clemson's side, it's very similar. Uh, Offensively, they're the same team, but they add Mike Williams. Um, Besides that, same cast of characters. Receiver's about the same. Same character quarterback in Deshaun Watson. Running back Wayne Gallman, you're adding Mike Williams. So the offense is every bit as good, if not more dangerous now, obviously, with one of the best receivers in the country in Mike Williams. Uh, defensively for Clemson, much the same as well. However, I believe Clemson's defense, they look great against Ohio State, but they're a little bit, statistically anyway, weaker than last year's team. That's not to say that that unit isn't nearly as talented. I mean, I think it's every bit as talented. Uh, as, as the group last year. So that's Clemson. Alabama, the defense, was it possible for the defense to get better? Because I think it did. Um, defense last year was otherworldly, how good it was. And everybody talked about, you know, maybe a greatest defense of all time. Alabama's defense this year is every bit as good. Nobody can really score on them, albeit in, in the SEC full of pretty bad offenses. Um, nobody can really score on it. So I think the defense of Alabama is very similar to last year. So that matchup between Clemson offense, Alabama defense, I think is going to be one to watch. Deshaun Watson is going to have to be really careful in this game not to throw the ball to Minka Fitzpatrick because he does everything. He's all over the field. One of the best defensive players in the country for Alabama. He's great in the return game. He's doing all these things on defense. Uh, they lose Eddie Jackson in the secondary uh, middle of the year. It's like the defense never missed a beat for Alabama. So a- as far as that's concerned, um, it- it's very similar to last year's squad. But I think the one group that's very different is the offense. Um, Alabama does have a power running back in Bo Scarborough that they're starting to use a lot more now. But this offense is very different. They're using a spread system now that's uh, much more reliant on the decision-making of the quarterback, which they – 
really haven't been using just because of the personnel they had, but Jalen Hurst has been really good. He's been a runner. He's been a thrower. He struggled, though, with passing deep down the field. That seems like a common theme, right? We keep coming back to young quarterbacks having trouble throwing the deep ball. Uh, Jalen Hurts is one of them, and I think that's where Clemson can definitely ex- uh, a matchup they can definitely exploit. So very similar units, but when you look at Alabama's offense, it's a little bit different stylistically than it was a year ago. I think I kind of expect this game to actually be very, very different from what we saw last year. Uh, last year we saw a couple of teams lighten up the scoreboard. Uh, Alabama took advantage of some some huge blown coverages from Clemson and got a ton of yards out of O.J. Howard. There was a, a an onside kick from Alabama that exploited a, a miniature just little uh, failure. Won them the championship, in my opinion. Yeah, basically won the game, um, basically turned the game for good. The two teams ended up combining for 85 points in that game, and it was just back and forth mm-hmm. and a, a fun, like just a legendary game. Uh, I don't think this turns out at all like that. Um, I, I think that this is going to end up being a little more of a grinder. I think this is a, a much lower scoring game. As you mentioned, I mean, this is basically the same Clemson offense. Yep. Now, that that didn't help them for much of this season where they were right. very inconsistent. Uh, and so I think it's really, for me, the, the part that concerns me about Clemson on both sides of the ball is that consistency. Last year, top to bottom, start to finish, it seemed like Clemson was a very complete team that was just dominating everybody and it was very obvious to me that they deserved to be the number one team in the country shame that they lost the national title game this year it was it, it was almost more reminiscent of like Florida State 2014 who made the playoff but was hardly ever really convincing um, Clemson obviously stepped up in some huge spots they won a big primetime game against Louisville when Louisville was rolling uh, they, they stepped up and beat Florida State in, uh, in Tallahassee. They, they had some big wins, but the consistency just wasn't there, and I think that's what worries me uh, in, in this game for them. Let's, let's talk about the Clemson defense against the Alabama offense. And, and, Mike, for me, this is the key to this game. If, if Clemson's defense comes to play the way that they did against Ohio State, I've really got to like the Tigers' chances. I do as well. Um, first of all, your point about how the game, <laughs> how we think the game will turn out. Um, I I thought last year going into it, it would be very similar to how we think it's going to be this year. Low scoring, two very good defenses. Offenses, while good last year, they're going up against defenses that are the best that they've seen all season. I think that's the case in this game. I don't think Alabama has faced a better defense than Clemson. Washington was close. Washington's got a very good defense. Uh, But Alabama hasn't faced a defense as good as Clemson. Clemson has not even come close to facing a defense as good as Alabama. I think it could be a low-scoring game again. Um, It was a wild game last year, so I think, you know, the way that the points were just kind of flowing there um, last season. I, I'm not sure that it'll be the same this year, uh, to your point. But I agree with you. I mean, Clemson's offense has struggled at times this year with consistency. That's what you need to watch out for. Alabama's offense, though, has struggled with consistency as well. Um, they've 
ended up dominating some teams just based on overall talent level, the playmakers they have on the outside. But there's nobody on this Alabama offense this year necessarily that you look at and you're like, okay, that's the guy that's going to take over the game offensively. They got a couple guys to watch out for. Um, they got Ridley on the outside. Bo Scarborough's been running hard. But there's not a guy on the offense that you're really looking at, a, a playmaker outside of Jalen Hurts, where you're sitting there saying, yeah, that's the guy that's going to take this thing over. If Clemson covers O.J. Howard this year, they're going to be in fantastic shape. They need to make Alabama one-dimensional. They need to make Jalen Hurts beat them with his arm because I think Clemson's secondary can match up with Alabama's receivers. Um, if they do that, I agree with you. I think Clemson's going to have a great shot to win the game, but they're going to have to find a way, put points up on the board with the offense. The consistent Clemson offense that showed up last week against Ohio State will need to be even better this week um, in the national title game next Monday night. Uh, against Alabama, and the defense is just going to have to try to hold down Bo Scarborough and lock down those receivers. If they do that, I think Clemson has a great chance because Alabama's quarterback is a freshman. I do think that makes a difference in these big games. Plus, Clemson's been there before. Alabama, they had so many guys go to the NFL last year. Clemson's returning a lot of the same team. I really like Clemson's chances in this game because of that. I would agree. I think if the Clemson defense shows up again... Jalen Hurts is not really a guy that Alabama wants to use to you know throw the ball a whole bunch. Yet, um, it was pretty limited games this year where he had to make you know thirty passing attempts. Even um, if if Clemson has the ability to stop the run, I, I'm with you that the secondary there has the ability to match up with those receivers and and make things very tough for the Crimson Tide. Um, if you look just down the stretch here. Basically, since the Kentucky game, so over their last, uh, what is this, like eight games, Jalen Hurts has had 17 pass attempts, 27, 25, 19, 37, 21, 36, 20, and 14. He threw the ball 14 times against Washington, and that's about as good of a defense as they're going to see, 20 times against Florida. These are defenses that compare to what Clemson can do. And I think that that's what you're going to see is low a low pitch count, so to speak, for Jalen Hurts. I don't think that they want him throwing into that secondary any more than he has to. And, and I think that's the key to this game is, therefore, if Clemson can stop the run, Alabama might be in some trouble. Yep. yep. Um, and so I think that's the thing to watch for is if they can stop Alabama's rushing attack, there's, which is there's not, way easier said than done. There's not a bigger matchup in this game than that, in my opinion. I was trying to think about key matchups. The one I kept coming back to was this Alabama rushing offense against the Clemson front seven. If Clemson's front seven can stop Bo Scarborough, stop the other running backs in the rotation for Alabama, and make Jalen Hurts beat him with his arm, I think Clemson's going to win the game. And Alabama's got the talent on defense – to hold Clemson down, but look, Jalen Hurts, he's going to, he's going to be a big-time player, right? I'm, I, this is the time, if if you're an opposing team playing Alabama in the national championship, this is the time to get him because Jalen Hurts isn't going to be held down like this for long. There's going to be a time where all of a sudden he's running and gunning, he's making all the plays uh, that you see these big-time quarterbacks make. He's a special talent. There's a reason why he's starting as a freshman. It's very rare that Nick Saban starts freshman at quarterback. Jalen Hurts is going to be a really special player, 
but he's not there yet throwing the football. And because of that, Clemson, in my opinion, finds a way to win the game. Initially, I'm thinking, okay, Alabama, they've been so good all year. I, after, after seeing the way that Clemson played against Ohio State, that same Clemson team shows up, they win. The total I'm looking at, Mike, I think if Alabama can get to 225 to 230 yards on the ground, I think I think they're going to win the game, and Clemson doesn't really, you know, if, if they don't have any, any better answer than that, they're going to be in, in a heap of trouble. It could be a potential boat race if they mm-hmm. go for 230 yards. I think if that happens, Bo Scarborough's got a couple touchdowns. Jalen Hurts might find the end zone mm-hmm. on the ground, uh, you know. Yeah, and that's that's the other element you got to watch out for is Jalen Hurts' running ability, uh, and so I think that's why you commit as many defenders up front as possible. Yep. But again, keep them under two hundred yards, and you put yourself in a great position. Uh, Mike, you ready to move on to the offense? Yep. Yep. So Clemson's offense against Alabama's defense. Let's start by saying that this style of offense that Clemson's going to run is a Nick Saban defense's worst nightmare. This is, this is as tough to defend as they've run into, and that's in the sense of a mobile quarterback, a team that will spread them out, a team that can go up-tempo. There is, everything about this offense is designed in a way that Alabama's defense is, this is not what they want to play against. Um, that game against Washington that's a little more straightforward, pro-style, not a lot of you know, spread-them-out type stuff, yep. that's, that's what they want to play against. This you know, there is not a lot about this that Alabama likes the matchup here as much as Alabama's defense is afraid of any matchup. But um, I think we saw last year that Deshaun Watson, again, when, when Clemson turns him loose to run the ball, it, you know, either on QB draws or just scrambling or whatever it is, uh, that, that plays a big role, makes Alabama commit defenders to stopping him rather than defending receivers. Uh, Mike Williams, Artavis Scott, Jordan Leggett is a hell of a three-headed monster. Uh, Hunter Renfro came through in last year's championship game. Um, there were guys for Deshaun Watson to throw to. Um, but then again, Alabama's defense can really, really be suffocating, Mike. I'm a little bit concerned here. Um, I agree with you, first of all, on, on the point of this is an offense that Alabama hates to face. Um, Dak Prescott at Mississippi State, right? Johnny Manziel, Texas A&M. How do they beat Alabama? They beat them by running this type of spread offense. Um, but Alabama's defense is better now than they were when they lost to Mississippi State and Dak to when they lost to Johnny Manziel and Texas A&M. They, did Alabama lose to Mississippi State? They, I believe they did. I believe they did. Maybe. A couple years ago. Maybe that was 14. Four, yeah, it's... Anyway. Anyway, okay, so... It's, it's, they had, it's Ole Miss that's beat them a couple times. Yeah, Sorry. yeah, yeah. So, anyway, these types... Point still stands. Offenses that run this type of offense, the spread, the, the issues that Alabama's had, and, and even against Mississippi State, they had issues defending Dak Prescott anyway and that offense the the point still stands but the overall premise here is that Alabama has found a way defensively to adapt in recruiting to stop these types of offenses because that's what college football is heading to whether Nick Saban likes it or not you know he hates these types of offenses 
Clemson needs to run the football well in this game against Alabama to have a chance to win. No matter how well the defense plays for Clemson, they need to run the football. Um, can they do it? Hell, they did it last year. But Deshaun Watson also accounted for like 500 yards of offense and put on one of the greatest bowl performances I've seen, period, victory or defeat. He's going to have to have a great game, Deshaun Watson. That goes without saying. But Wayne Gallman's really important to Clemson in this game. He needs to run the ball well. The offensive line, more importantly, has to open up holes for him to run through. If they don't do that, then it's going to be a struggle. And no matter how well the Clemson defense plays, if it's tight, late, you're rolling with Saban, right? I mean, <laughs> Dabo and Clemson... Let's face it, they've found ways to lose close games before, right? Like, that's that's a thing. Clemsoning was a thing for a reason. Um, mm-hmm. when, when the pressure gets tight, my money's on Saban and Alabama. So, in my opinion, outside of Clemson's ability to stop Alabama's running attack, the second most important thing to me is Clemson being able to run the ball against Alabama on the other side. If they, if they don't do that, it's going to be tight because, you know, you can try to make Deshaun Watson one-dimensional, but when the running game doesn't get going with Gallman, Watson has trouble running. We've seen it this year. Um, we, hell, we saw it against Georgia Tech at times, right? When Gallman has trouble getting going, Watson has trouble getting going, running the football, the passing game becomes a mess. That's when the Clemson offense struggles with consistency. That's why I think it's so crucial that Wayne Gallman and the offensive line get a push up front against this great Alabama front seven. I don't know the... Clemson, I mean, I'll say this. Clemson is not winning this game by running the ball. They, they, need, to run, they need to run the ball with some level of success I agree. Just, just to prove that they can. Yep. Um, Have it be a threat. How, right, yeah. Just make, you know, make sure that Alabama doesn't know that they can just pin their ears back, come after Deshaun Watson, yep. and, you know, drop seven and eight into coverage every play. Yep. Um, so get something out of your running game. Um, maybe a, a hundred yards would be great. Um, the key here to me is can Clemson protect Deshaun Watson? Um, and they've done a really good job of it so far this year. As, as much as Clemson likes to pass the ball, which is a decent amount, Clemson ties for 13th in the country in sacks allowed. They've only allowed 16 sacks through 14 games. Um, and, and granted, there's not really a defensive front with a pass rush quite like you're going to see from Alabama. I don't think they've seen anything close to that, even with Florida State and Louisville and some of these teams that have the ability to rush the passer well. But um, if Clemson can keep Deshaun Watson upright, and if Deshaun Watson can avoid making the critical mistake, you know, if you're going to throw a pick... Don't give Alabama a short field. Don't let him run it back for a touchdown. Um, you know, don't don't make the critical mistake. You know, just make a, a an okay mistake because they're going to happen. It's college. But if you can do that, I think Clemson's going to be in decent shape. Um, and really, I'm not sitting here saying that I think Clemson's going to win. I'm just saying I, I these are the things you got to look out for as, as like the key to the game, right? So in my mind. Keep Alabama under 200 yards rushing. Keep Deshaun Watson upright. I think if Clemson can do those two things, they will give themselves a, a really good chance to win this game. Is that 
Is that fair? No, I'm I'm with you. And um Okay. Yeah, no, I mean I'm I'm 100% with you. Uh cuz this game's going to be one with Sean Watson. That's mm-hmm. he wants that pressure. He's talked about it before. He wants to have the ball in his hands with a chance to win the game. Clemson mm-hmm. will put themselves in position to do that if they have enough of a running attack to take the pressure off of the passing game. Alabama knows they're not going to throw every down. That's really all it comes down to. Clemson even gets 70 yards rushing with Gallman. And, you know, Watson is somewhat of a threat running the ball like he always is. You just Mm -hmm. provide a second dimension to your offense that you've had all season long. They're going to have a great chance. Mm -hmm. Now, for what it's worth, uh, Alabama has given up 100 yards rushing to two teams this year. So not uh, easy. Let's, let's not just work on the assumption that Clemson is going to get to 100 yards. Uh, it, I mean, they're going to have to really start finding some seams or something like that. Um, defensively, again, Alabama is going to be able to do all sorts of stuff to make this tough. Um, it's it is maybe one of the hardest things in college football for anybody to run on Alabama, but do it enough to make it a threat. Just you know, show that you're going to do it. If you can get 75 to 100 yards out of your running game, I think you gave yourself a really good chance. Don't commit the critical mistake. Keep Deshaun Watson upright and and stop the run for Alabama. Do, Keep them under 200 rushing yards. Do those 17 things. You got a shot. <laughs> yeah, it's easy. Like I, I don't know why anyone's talking about you know Alabama being the favorite even. Crazy. Um, now, the wild card in all of this, Mike, and, and this was something we kind of mentioned and brought up, is – Moving to a different play caller on offense, um, I have no earthly idea how that is going to affect this game, but I do have a feeling that it's going to affect it somehow, because you just start to get some different tendencies, some different preferences. One of the reasons that Jalen Hurts is starting for Alabama is that Lane Kiffin really liked his running ability, and you know, kind of the element that that could add to the offense with that mobility. I have no idea what Steve Sarkeesian is going to want to do with a mobile quarterback. Like, I, I can't start to fathom uh, what the goal is there. So that's that's a weird one. I, I, I'm really curious to see kind of how that plays in, um, in particular. I don't know. This sets up to be a fun game, though. I, I'm looking forward to it. Um, score predictions. Mike, I know you love predicting scores for these games. I'm just so good at it, you know. It's, <laughs> so good. It's one of my many talents here on this podcast. Yeah. Um, I think – all right, fine. I'll go first. Uh, I think that this is more of a low-scoring game unless, you know, unless Alabama reels off a couple – or either really either team reels off a couple of turnovers you know, that turn into easy points or even just, you know, turnovers for scores – pick sixes, etc. I think this is a relatively low-scoring game. The total is 51. I think it stays under that. I don't see these two teams combining for seven touchdowns in this game. Uh, the, the number that I'm kind of looking at is like 24-17. Um, I think the defense is kind of going to rule the night, and I might feel dumb for this later. But I just kind of got a feeling like, uh, give me Clemson, give me Clemson in a straight upset and, and to win the national title here against Alabama. Look, I think they're going to finish the drill. All these guys are going out at their last game. Last game of the year, can't hold anything back now. 
Uh, yeah, give me Clemson twenty four seventeen. I think they pull off the upset in a uh, in another really good game. I love score predictions. Um, <laughs> Your favorite. I have my bowl pick'em here on ESPN right in front of me now. If you've never played the bowl pick'em on ESPN, it's not like March Madness where all your picks just lock like as soon as the first games start. It's great because the bowl pick'em you can just look at and you know right before the bowl game you decide because they're all on different days. You never know, right? What I had here is initially I had Alabama over Clemson. 23 to 20. I am changing my mind, um, which impacts me on a number of levels. Um, first, with credibility on the podcast, um, which <laughs> I probably lost when I won like five games all year in the uh, in the odds and wagers. But <laughs> on a second level, it loses me money and a group of friends potentially because we're in this bowl pick and pool and I'm currently in, f- in a tie for first and my buddy's picking Alabama. So I'm picking Clemson to win the money. So let's do it. 23-20. Clemson wins the national championship. I feel somewhat confident which is scary against Nick Saban. I feel <laughs> somewhat confident Clemson could pull this off. Yeah, that is. there's no way that's a comfortable feeling. It's it's not. I actually feel kind of sick. <laughs> uh, damn, Mike, you know what would be so, so perfect with that score? Is if, if Alabama, Alabama s- wins 23-20? <laughs> no, 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 no. Even better than that. If Alabama scores like a game tying touchdown with like a minute left, and they go to kick the extra point, and Clemson blocks it and runs it back for two points to win twenty three twenty, how good would that be? It would be how almost good? as good as the feeling I would have collecting money from my closest friends. <laughs> hey, I'm just I'm putting this on the on the record now that I'm just going to hypothetically predict that happens because if it does, I will look like a genius, like freaking Nostradamus. If I don't. Well, nobody's going to remember anyway, so there's no penalty to me. Because that's, that's how it works in 2017. Right. Like, you just say stuff, and something sticks, then great. And if it doesn't, then whatever. We were just kidding. Plus, I mean, do people even listen to this? We don't know, right? I mean, <laughs> think we eh, think they do, debatable. right? Debatable? Yeah. Seems like a few do. Yeah, seems like nobody, it. Nobody sends us emails. Send us emails. Um, nah. Yeah. Should be fun. Good game. You got, you got Clemson 23-20. I do. I got Clemson 24-17. Um, I don't know that really either of us would be remotely surprised if Alabama won this game Zero. by three touchdowns. Zero surprise. Uh, yeah, so Negative if it's like a three-touchdown win, yeah, yeah. N- not whatsoever. Um, this is a, Again, this is a Clemson team that has been a little inconsistent and is fully, fully capable of letting things just totally spiral out of control. So um, that is your absolute worst-case scenario. And I think reasonable best-case scenario is a Clemson victory here. So it's been a strong bowl season for the ACC so far. Let's see if Clemson can finish the drill with uh, the biggest win of bowl season and the first team all year to knock off Mr. Nick Saban's Alabama Crimson Tide. Or they'll just go 15-0 and or whatever it is. <laughs> Which, I mean, if you ever listen to a podcast that played nobody with SB Nation's Bill Conley, he's, you know, this – 
stats guy, but he's also very much a historian. He's talked about how, at this current rate, going into bowl season, Alabama would be the best college football team since World War II. Like, 1942 Army was the last team that was better than this, so there's no shame in losing. No. <laughs> no. None whatsoever. Mike, anything else before we get out of here? Uh, no. I, man, <laughs> I, I'm going with Clemson. This is, I said I was comfortable. Dangerous? I said I was confident. I'm not either of those things. I lied. <laughs> I feel kind of <laughs> sick. I need to get a bucket. Give me the Tigers. I don't know. Whatever. Let's do it. We're good. Let's just roll with it. We can drink your sorrows away if need be. Hey, you know I can do that well. <laughs> this game is at 8 o'clock Monday, January 9th on ESPN. So uh, set your clocks accordingly. Should be a fun one. Um, Mike, this has been fun. It's been a fun season. I hope you enjoy the game. I hope all the listeners enjoy the game. There's a lot of fun elements to it. Join us on Twitter. I'm sure we will be talking about it extensively while it's going on. Should be a lot of fun. You can reach us, like I said, on Twitter. I'm at FTRS Joey. He's at Mike McDaniel ACC. And together we're at BC Podcast ACC. You can send us an email with your questions, your comments, your concerns, your hot takes, your love letters, your hate letters, you know, whatever. You can send all those things to the longest email address known to man, basketballconferencepodcast at gmail.com. He nailed it again. Uh, I'll give it like an 8 out of 10. Okay. Could have been better. All right, 7 and a half. 8 out of 10. Sure. Okay, right. yeah. Uh, you can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Google Play. You can find us on SoundCloud. Napster as well. Napster and Morpheus and LimeWire and maybe that's what's been killing my computer. Who knows? All those other things that got you in trouble with the government <laughs> 10 years ago. Yeah, I was going to say like in the 90s. Yeah. God, 10 years ago. Yeah, it's 2017. Like <laughs> 17 years ago. Yeah. Man, those were good times. We'll talk about those at some later date. Um, but yeah, so on those iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, you can subscribe and rate and review us and, and tell us what you think, if you love us, if you hate us. We still are looking for haters, so uh, get after it if that is the case. Please share us with your friends. Uh, we're trying to expand this to all the fan bases. We talk about all these uh, all these teams, and we want to engage all the fan bases we po- if we possibly can. So if you've got coworkers, you've got friends, whatever, uh, share them. Share with them the good news of the Basketball Conference podcast. But, uh, Mike, until we come back to recap the national championship game, enjoy the game, and uh, we will talk soon. Go ACC, right? Go ACC. For Mr. Mike McDaniel, I am Joey Weaver. Go ACC. Go ACC.